Welcome back to Her Fantasy Football Podcast. Training camp has started for most all NFL teams, and our fantasy drafts are creeping closer. We are here to help you make the right decision. Subscribe to us at HerFantasyFootball.com and on iTunes. Nice comments and rankings are always welcomed. Chat us up on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook backslash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. Great intro. Thank you. Great intro. Wrote it a few minutes before we recorded. Bam. Really great. Thank you. Thank you. What a kick off the show. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Finally, a pat on the back. (laughs) (laughs) I felt invigorated. I feel like I'm ready to go. And she had the two fingers in the air, like doing the happy dance. She's like, great show. Great job. Great, great so. intro. Yeah, sorry about the no video this week, guys. We've been trying to do it for like two hours, and it's just not happening. This is our third attempt, by the way. So this has been three weeks <sighs> in a row with technical difficulties. First time I was in this like shithole hotel in Milwaukee with no, that didn't have a way for me to wire in. Mm-hmm. Then a crazy power outage happens for Courtney that we can't do it. Then this time we try to do it again, and it gives us an oops. Maybe your URL is incorrect. Now, well, you don't want to know it's incorrect. Google Hangouts Live Plus. <laughs> shove mm-hmm. it up your you yeah. you. Now, now that does yeah. not mean the show is going to be any better because this is our third try doing it. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's just let's set that precedent <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we're all feisty and pissy right now. It's actually going to be the best show ever. And ever. why, you ask? Because it's about tight ends, kickers, and defenses. Woo! And who, because who we're the podcast about those people. We're the podcast that does that. <laughs> we, care we care about everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I hope you guys watched the last three shows, our quarterback, running back, and wide receiver shows, to help you out with your drafts. And we already did a big draft a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. Yeah, you might might have already drafted. You might have some drafts coming up. We're here to help you out. Right? Right? So next week we're going every week. We will not be uh, posting the show on Thursday next week. It will be going up on Friday. So, And we're going to have a special guest. We're going to have a special guest. It will be wonderful. And uh, so catch us on Friday next week. Now let's get into some tight ends, ladies. I know everybody is planning on having Jimmy Graham. You know, no problem. Obviously, (laughs) I got that. Got it. Got it. But let's say you don't get Jimmy Graham. Who are you going to get, ladies, in the tight end position? Well, I'm going to get an antidepressant. (laughs) And then, uh... (laughs) first and foremost. Uh, That's actually smart. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what? I I usually, you know, have to think ahead when the season comes regardless. Because there's always, like, a Stephen Ridley situation that needs to be remedied. So, um, big time. time. Which, by the way, I'm going back (laughs) and I'm watching all of the games uh, from 2013. I watched the week one um, Patriots-Bills game. Where the Bills almost beat the Patriots, you know, just to refresh your memory here. Uh, But Stephen Ridley, other than the heinous fumble... Um, gosh, his running was so good. And I got more and more angry like I was last year where I was like, why won't they play him? 
Because you know what? Alfred Morris fumbled twice in his first game back in 2013. And then he only fumbled two more times the whole season. So you never know. You never know how the team's going to take you know, do his things. His coach but is also not Bill Belichick. Or, or Tom Coughlin, for that matter. Those two men you don't fumble with. You know, David Wilson's back. I mean, we're going to get to tight ends in a second. I'm sure you guys are really chomping at the bit for tight end work here. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> David Wilson has been cleared. And I tweeted out. I was like, great. And then Tom Coughlin's face is already red. You guys, I can't with him. I can't with David I Wilson. He's your I find, favorite. I I, I called him a bust last year. I looked like a crazy person. And this year, I'm just not even going to talk about it because I don't cover them anymore. However, at work, people come up to me still and talk about the Giants because I live in New York. And they <laughs> remembered that I covered them last year. I was like, oh, no, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't have we've, to care. So we've I'm, moved on. That's how I feel about the 49ers. I've moved on. I've moved on. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking about teams I do cover, so I went back and I watched the Cleveland game, too. Um, when they played Kansas City uh, week one. And um, Jordan Cameron was on fire. fire. That's because Hoyer what? was in. No, Whedon was in. Oh, Whedon. Sorry. Yeah. Alicia Keys. Wait a minute. Yeah. That was. Nice. <laughs> Cameron's on fire. Good. Good. Wait for the. Way to finish the bar. I like that. Right. There hasn't been enough singing in our shows lately because we no. haven't had more money, more problems. But I'm Leave glad that we brought it back. Right. Little Alicia Bring Keys. Bring it back, people. Bring it back. Boom. So, so that's right. We didn't did initially start week one. Yes. Huh? Watching Brandon, watching Brandon Such a nightmare. was. But no one was doing him any favors either, to be frank. I mean, people were just tipping balls right into the defensive people's hands. You know, it's just like taking candy from a baby. But uh, what I will say, though, is that um, you may not have realized this if you had Jordan Cameron because you felt like you were frustrated all year um, in 2013. But he was actually the fifth highest tight end last year. And he caught the third most receptions out of all the tight ends in the league. Okay. Yep. He caught 80 passes. There are a lot of wide receivers you were starting that weren't catching 80 passes. So something to think about, especially if you're in PPR league. Um, and frankly, this year, one of two things are going to happen. Either um, Hoyer is going to be awesome as a starting QB, and he's going to rely on Jordan Cameron because no one else is on the team. Or uh, Johnny Menzel uh, will come in because Hoyer will totally bomb somehow, and then he'll have to rely on a dependable tight end for short passes. So either way, stick with him. I'm, I'm into it. Josh Gordon's or, out. Or option three, Uh-oh. Hoyer does not bomb. And we have Tim Tebow point two, where the fans go nuts, demand Manziel gets put in. They finally cave, put him in. And the season does not go well. I, I'm not even going to let that be an option because <laughs> I can't handle it's a, it's a real Mania. option. It's a real option, but I, I just... So I was listening to Mike and Mike on ESPN, and Brian Hoyer was a guest... And I was like, because he's been cleared to play. And Cleveland's like, would you like to talk to our starting quarterback? They're putting him on ESPN. Like, Cleveland's, like, trying to be as assertive as possible. And right. just no one's listening. No, no one. one's listening. It's amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. But when it comes to their tight end, either way, he's good to go. So don't be nervous about everything else. You can be nervous about everything else in Cleveland, but do not be nervous about Jordan Cameron. Unless, like, of course, he could break a bone. That's the only thing you can't predict. Um, but yeah, and actually, you know what? I went to Roto World today uh, to to make sure that nothing happened to Jordan Cameron. Once again, you got to check these things. 
sure enough, they have Johnny Menzel first on the depth chart. I'm like, Roto World, you're not even listening? What? What do the Browns yeah. need to do to tell you that he is not the starting quarterback? But anyway, um, it's fascinating. They could Although, drop Mansell, and they, Mansell would still be above Brian Hoyer on any rankings other than ours. Wait, Mansell's not the starting quarterback? I can't Just talk about that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. You guys, every time I turn on the NFL Network, it's like nuts. They're nuts. They're nuts for him. I... I'm, I'm sure he's a lovely three. person, but I, I just can't. Um, however, and I didn't put it in here, but also um, we were asked some questions a while ago, but because of all these technical difficulties, it kind of became a non-issue, except for the one about Richard Rogers. I would like to talk about this guy because he's going to keep popping up a little bit on your radar. And I also cover the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Richard Rogers is the right now backup tight end to Andrew Corliss in Green Bay. Now, Andrew Corliss, if you remember, was the borderline non-existent tight end of the Green Bay Packers last year. Now, to be fair, Aaron Rodgers wasn't existent either for most of the season, and it was their first year without Jermichael Finley, and it was, you know, because Finley started the season, which, by the way, once again, watching their week one, I was like, oh, Finley was so good, so good. But Finley still can't get medical clear, you guys, so don't don't lean on him coming back. Um, It's really kind of sad. There's one independent doctor who said he could play. He hasn't passed anyone else's exams due to that huge injury that he had. But anyway, um, I guess this guy's gonna, had a great camp, great OTAs. Richard Rogers, this is his name, and he's going to be popping up, popping up, popping up. Do not draft him as your number one tight end. This is my own. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I said this on this show. You can, back, you can pick him up as your backup. I did in the league already because it was a 12-person league and it was crazy town. Um, because he might be good in bye weeks. He might win the job. But he only played, he played a very, very, very few games in college because let me read all these injuries to you. He missed time in college with ankle, foot, shoulder, and thumb injuries, undergoing surgery on each of the latter three body parts. So there's that. And now he's playing with Do big boys. Do you feel boys. like one of those like uh, Cialis commercials where they list all the side effects? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was literally like shocked. I was like, what? He's had what? Yeah, it's like that where you're like, why would anyone do this? It causes explosive diarrhea, like along with a heart attack and cancer. They, I actually heard someone say it causes cancer the other day on, on a commercial. I was like, what? Yeah. They sneak the yeah, bad ones in the middle, that's though. That's Always. It's hard sell. They're like... Heartburn, indigestion, um, hot flashes, death. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what? Whoa. Wait, what? And then it's something very, again, then they follow up something very, very benign again, like um, dizziness. Skin. Dizziness. Yeah. Now, these are all terrible things, I'm sure, if any if of you any suffer of from them. If any of these things happen, you know, stop but, immediately. It's like, well, if I'm dead, obviously I stop taking it. I will, yeah. I promise. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just want to bring him up because he keeps popping up in these conversations, and I, I, I don't want to poo-poo him. And someone actually asked on Twitter what his ceiling was. Well, he doesn't really have a ceiling uh, in the fact that no one knows because he's a, a rookie, um, and he seems wicked talented. Uh, but there's a lot to pause on. So I just No one has talked about his injuries. It's bizarre. No one's been like, actually, I think he only played... I, don't quote me on this, but in three years, I think he only played 11 games or something in college. It was something crazy. <laughs> but again, he's got potential. So 
And he does. And maybe he'll be yeah. fine. And maybe after all the surgery, says he'll be fine. But if you draft him as your number one tight end, you kind of lost it a little. Well, I think you also need to look at the fact, like you said, Brandon, they didn't really factor Andrew Corliss into the their schemes all that much. And yes, granted, Aaron Rodgers wasn't in, but Jermichael Finley was special. You know, there's some special. special tight ends out there, and they're willing to, you know, create plays a little bit differently because of them. And we don't know if this is that guy. So, I mean, you can't also look at the production that Finley got and assume that that's just going to shift to one of these two guys. That's not necessarily the case. And that he'll make it off the field. I mean, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm just... He said surgery on the latter three of those body parts. Oh? Yeah. Are there people we should draft, Ashkwee? Well, um, you know, most people will wait to grab a tight end until the 8th or 10th or even later round. Um, obviously, you'd go for the goal of Jimmy Graham. Again, as Courtney said, not everyone's going to get Jimmy Graham. In fact, just one person will get Jimmy Graham, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but um, They should change Jimmy, that rule. I know, right? There should be like one player that everybody gets to have just to make it one even. One player should be able to draft him as a tight end, and then another player should be able to draft him as a wide receiver. Right? I mean, hey, why not? According it's to Jimmy, Jimmy. Graham. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's just a really big drop-off when you get past Jimmy Graham. Like, huge, huge drop-off. But, you know, Julius Thomas, again, I cover the Broncos, he's worth grabbing early. Again, and I'm saying earlier than the 8th to 10th round because there's about a handful of tight ends that actually will, can produce. You know, Jordan Cameron, Julius Thomas, Vernon Davis, Jimmy Graham. Those guys are worth grabbing. And so, you know, Julius Thomas had 12 touchdowns last year, um, and only two other, tight, two other tight ends had double-digit touchdowns, and that was Jimmy Graham and Vernon Davis. So, And he also had no fumbles, which I was actually kind of surprised about because he, if you watched him, he got a little flustered in some games, and he... You know, visibly was He's a cutie. Confused. Yeah, with some of Peyton's plays. But, I mean, overall, he did really well. And, and Peyton seems to like him. And Peyton's obviously bringing out the best in him, as he does with all of his players. And, you know, he's had some fun uh, drama as well with John Elway. Not using the word yet, which seems what? to have everybody all up in arms. <sighs> Sometimes you know I what, just but... wish John Elway would just stop. Well, and I love what? him. I Julius love him. Julius is but... fine. Julius made a comment afterwards saying, I love Denver. I want to play for Denver. I never want to leave. This is the place for me. So, you know, he obviously wasn't offended by Elway's words. Elway's Elway. You know, I'm sure he got a post, posted note on his locker from Peyton saying, you know, better luck next year. You know, <laughs> it, it's just, it's way they are. John Elway hear- reminds me of like, like our grandparents in a sense they're just like very matter of fact you know like yes. yeah you're not jimmy graham like, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true i'm not it's like yeah actually you're not brooklyn decker nope not gonna happen <laughs> there's there's no yet on that either yeah. i mean and, and julius <laughs> julius mm-hmm. thomas could, maybe could be a yet but i mean i think what ellie was trying to say is you know, because Julius Thomas is in the pay discussion now. Like they're talking deals now between him and Demarius Thomas with the Broncos, and they're hoping to have things kind of tied up, early, you know, a year early for those two players at the end of this camp. So it's not like there's even more time for Julius to prove himself. I mean, this—that's I think that's why in my mind the yet wasn't thrown in there because they're trying to you know sort this deal up before you know even like season starts. So 
Well, J Jimmy Graham has separated himself to a point of insanity, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, to be yeah. fair, John Elway's right. As we started this whole conversation, there's Jimmy Graham and then there's everyone else. We need to just sort out everyone else. Um, right. And certainly one fabulous year, which it was a fabulous year for Julius Thomas, does not a huge contract make. You know, exactly. Jimmy Graham has been producing for New Orleans forever, so he deserved to be the number one. In fact, Shannon Sharp came out and said that he's deserved to be the highest paid tight end of all time. He was like, yeah, that's who and it should that's be. That's coming from Shannon Sharp, my friends. Right. And who doesn't speak about anybody but himself. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty yeah. Who prior to Jimmy Graham thought that he should still be paid the highest tight end when he wasn't <laughs> even playing. So... <laughs> This is big. That's big for Shannon. It's, it was a it was a growth moment. Growth. He grew yeah. as a person, but yeah, no, I I I agree. I mean, I, I don't want to say you know obviously no one ever wants to speak out about against Elway. He's a fabulous guy, but I just kind of was like things that could have not been in the press. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> could have left that one alone. Just you know. Yeah. But Julius had a great response, and I'm sure you know the team's rallying against him, and he wants to stay yeah. in Denver, and they said they want Julius to play here throughout his career. I mean, they made it clear that they're dedicated to the guy, and I think he's going to do well this year. I really do. I think, like I said, you could definitely see some frustration during some plays that he wasn't quite necessarily understanding his routes or the particular blocking scheme he was supposed to do. You could, I mean, you could visibly see some confusion, but... I think that's, you know, he's one year in, he's, you know, another year reviewing the playbook. I think, you know, it's going to be even better this year, honestly. I've got a question for you guys as far as drafting is concerned, and I think this is a good debate. Are you going to take one of the Vernon Davis, Julius Thomas, or even Jimmy Graham, but, like, the early guys? Or are you going to wait a little bit and get more in, like, the Witten, Greg Olson, Dennis Pitta territory? You know, for me, it just depends on who's available when you know i mean jimmy graham's jimmy graham and if i can get him in you know late in the second round then that's you know i don't mind getting him then because he is alone i would not stretch for vernon davis i don't think he's gonna have the same year um i i'm not gonna stretch for julius because i don't think the broncos are gonna have the same year and you know I think I'm probably going to wait, you know, unless Jimmy falls in my lap, I'm going to wait. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would draft Jimmy early. I would kind of see how the draft is going, but I would take one of those guys in the fourth. I don't know if you'd say that's reaching. One no. of the other guys, obviously, we're sorry, not Jimmy, but the others. I would take a starting running back, a starting wide receiver. I would take. I would maybe take one of them even before a quarterback. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's, what, on, we, that's what we should have named it. Actually, Jimmy Graham and the others. And the others. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would say unless there's it's still Jimmy time. Graham. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna rock yeah. this name. I still gotta post this baby. So maybe that's what we'll be. <laughs> we should make the name like really really long. Like it's the most important show we've ever done. Um, <laughs> I would say you know now that I'm thinking about it and doing more mock drafts and stuff, I'm not quite sure I would get a tight end unless it's Jimmy Graham, unless I have two running backs and two wide receivers. I think I would do fifth round if I could get Julius Thomas or um, Vernon Davis, maybe even Jordan Cameron. But then 
but I, I don't know if I'd go before that. Because you're right. I mean, these guys are really special talents, too. But basically what we're telling you is that there's Jim and Graham, and then there's, like, three, three, four guys, because we'll, we'll include Gronkowski, right? So there's Gronkowski, Vernon Davis, Julius Thomas, and maybe Jordan Cameron, right? That's the next tier. Right. And then there's a tier underneath it that you would probably get, which is, like, the Greggles and Jason Wittens. Jordan Reeds. Right. Pitta. A pit of the foo. That was my, you know, my favorite would, I think fantasy I would, name. I think I would stretch for Gronkowski, which is a risky pick, but I think I would. See, I'd stretch yeah. for Julius over Gronk because Gronk could have big games, but he only plays half the season. Yeah, he's he's playing right now. He just got cleared, and he's he's at camp. So just I'm like not, David Wilson. No, yeah. but they haven't. The pads aren't <laughs> on. They haven't started hitting yet. I mean, they're still in like pussy OTAs where it's like they're in t-shirts and shorts all day. Yeah, and he did party with Manziel, so that's never a good sign. But he didn't party with Bieber. What a loser! Loser. He probably wasn't invited. He Where's wasn't hardcore, Bieber hardcore enough to party with Bieber. Totally. And LeBron. Where's and his LeBron. selfie? Do you see that LeBron <laughs> sent cupcakes to his neighbors? I thought it was really cute, which you know is all his wife. It wasn't like LeBron didn't like wake up and be like, we should send our neighbors cupcakes. That would smooth things over. However, that would make me really happy if he did. Yeah, Can you imagine yeah, this like big tough guy LeBron being like, you know what? I believe we need to send out cupcakes. Cupcakes are delicious. But really thoughtful, because I'm sure there was, like, cra- like, crazy town press, I'm sure, just pissing everybody off in the street. And that's a nice touch. Can you imagine opening, you know, your front door, it's a beautiful day, and there's a little cupcake box with, like, specialty cupcake names. Like, what was it? Like, some of them, it was, like, just an Ohio boy, cherry something cupcake. Cherry soda. And, ah, yeah, cherry, yeah, cherry Coke soda. I don't know. And then some other, like, chocolate one. I was just like, that's legit. That's delicious. That's delicious. Well, thank you, LeBron. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Good call. <laughs> Maybe he's a modern man. Maybe. You never know. You know. My neighbors have yet to drop off cupcakes in my house saying, I apologize that my chickens wake you up every morning. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't even dropped off fresh eggs for me. So, you know. I don't even well, know my neighbors. Where's the courtesy? I don't even know my neighbors. The people downstairs, though, did uh, use the classic broom on the ceiling thing because I was being too loud. <laughs> people still do that, huh? Nice. It's classy. Classy as hell. <laughs> I hope you listen to this podcast, by the way, neighbor. <laughs> well, let's move on. So there's no room to be emotional about tight ends, as you guys have heard in our previous shows. We have our emotional picks. You know, Ashley is in love with, um, who is it, Ashley? Matthew? Is that is that Ryan Matthews? Yeah. 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 yeah, love him. <laughs> love. Because, you know, there aren't that many options as if we've already covered. So who should be on your listeners' radars? Well, I already talked about Julius, obviously, but Charles Clay is actually another guy worth taking a look at. They really plan on factoring him in more to the offense this year. In fact, they're really excited about him. They think that he's going to have a really, really breakout year. Um, Charles Clay, is that Miami? Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he had six receiving touchdowns last year, for which is pretty good for a tight end, especially since you hadn't really heard much about him. And he also had a rushing tight touchdown. So they kind of use him um, a little unconventionally as well. So 
which makes it interesting and fun to root for. So there's that. And then also Delaney Walker was able to pull in six touchdowns. And he also has a lot of upside, um, as well as Jordan Reed. So as long as he can stay healthy, that was his big issue last year because he was really talented. The games he played, he was a go-to with RG3. I mean, that was basically who he fell upon. And he got hurt, and then we'd come back, and you could tell he wasn't fully healthy, and he'd go back out. So I think he's been cleared to play, though. So I like all three of those guys. Those guys are worth taking. Again, they're in that, well, third tier because Jimmy's his own tier. Yeah, then you yeah, got right. the Jordan Camerons of the world and the other Vernon Davises, and then you got that third tier guys. And these are guys that probably most of you will end up getting, and you'll get these guys, I'm guessing, probably, what, eighth round maybe? And you can feel you can feel okay about that. Yeah. They'll get you I some mean, numbers. Sydney Rice just retired, I think, at the age of 26, 27 years old. And it made me think immediately, Jordan Reed. His concussions are out of control. My husband is all up on Jordan Reed this year, and I am worried that it's going to take one hit and that man is down. You know, Stefania really scared the Jesus out of me on that. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when people are retiring in their 20s because they can't control their concussions problems, you know, that, that's a huge red flag. But Ashley's right. RG3 this is a serious bromance with Jordan Reed, so it's almost mm-hmm. worth the risk. And which is one of my picks, Rob Gronkowski. You know, he's going to do exactly what he's done the last two seasons. You know, when he plays, he gets you lots and lots of points, but then he gets hurt. Yep. So you need to have yep. a backup. And my favorite backup of all time is Greg Olson, who there's no shame in being your starting tight end. Love no. him, love him. Especially now that Carolina has no wide receivers. So, yeah. Greg Olson is probably, he's probably the top of the second tier, I'd say. Third or, sorry, tier, the yeah. third tier. Top of the yeah. third. Yeah, he's he's legit. And I, I'm really liking him this year. I think that he is a great, great tight end pick. You can get him really, you know, for a reasonable cost. And if you're willing to really, really wait, there's something about Kobe Fleener from the Colts. <laughs> it's his I name. Just, it might it is be the his name. name. It's the name. He's it boom might or be bust. His name, but he can boom. That he both, you know, that he plays for the Colts. You know, you know, he only had four touchdowns last seasons, but they use him in two point conversions. That's points. You know, and he had over Andrew Luck is Mister Two Point Conversion. And Mister Two Point Conversion. So, you know, they do use him. I, I, I just, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably the name, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say sleeper. But he is like boomer bust, Courtney, because I had him for a little bit last season. And Me too. he's very much a matchup guy. He's not matchup proof. Like I think that's kind of how Jimmy, the Colts are. Julius, all of them, they're they're kind of to an extent matchup proof. Like they're gonna get you some points. Fleener could he can zero out on you. But he could also get you 10, 12 points a game, depending too. So you just gotta really look for those matchups. Yep. Matchup, matchup. Well, speaking of matchups, and I'm going to just throw a dart out here. Everyone in fantasy football land is all up in Zach Ertz's grill. People are yep. in love with this guy. <laughs> they are just, they are like, I love me, Zach Ertz. He's going to be amazing. I, 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 I think that's great. I think that's great. Now, supposedly they're running a bunch of two tight end sets in the OTAs. Mostly, though, to be frank, it's because they're trying to get the new uh, rookie wide receiver Jordan Matthews involved with the slot game. 
as a slot receiver. And so it's fascinating. Zach Ertz is a great pass-catching tight end, but he is having, or he did have problems, I should say, last year. Blocking. Blocking. Whereas Brent Selick, who is still alive, just want to put that out there, um, is a great blocker. He's great. That's all he's good at. (laughs) Fantastic. But he, he actually, that's not true. He actually is also a pass catching guy. I know. He just, he, he prefers blocking and, and he does a good job at it. So I just, I feel like um, Zach is, is a great that, theory. Is it possible Brent Selleck is my Ryan Matthews of the tight end world? Is that possible? <laughs> I think it is. I think he is. Well, then you should draft Zach Ertz so you can get really frustrated. <laughs> Do it, do it. I mean, to be to be fair though, Chip Kelly, you know, his offense is so crazy, and you never know who's going to get the points. Yeah, but it still is don't. run heavy. But it's run heavy that you can depend on, and for running, you need blocking. So I'm a little nervous about Zacherts. I don't dislike him. I think he's in that third tier. I pr- I frankly would probably draft him over um, Jordan Reed because of the issues Courtney brought up. Um, mm-hmm. the concussions. I mean, so I think he's a good chance, but I, I mean, just, you know, this is what I'm saying so, about like preseason hype. Just, you have to like take a moment and say, okay, let, let, why, how, let me, is this just a hype train or is there a reason? Until you see a preseason game where they're really utilizing him, I would be a little leery. Are you thinking he may not get the game time because he's not such a great blocker and because they are such a yeah. heavy running scheme team that, he doesn't really serve a purpose on the field for half the plays. Yeah, well, and there's such an up-tempo offense, they don't do a lot of substitutions. So either he's in the game plan or he's not in the game plan. And until we see that he's in the game plan, I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm not saying he's not a great player and he doesn't have potential. He really does, and he's a great pass-catching tight end. If they decide that that's the way that they're going, kudos. But as I said, they're they're up-tempo and they are run first, so... Um, unless he really has improved. He says he has improved on blocking, so maybe. But we have to be a little – temper your expectations is all I'm saying. And I would also take Dennis Pitta, frankly. Now that he's fully healthy, I would take him over Zach Ertz as well because I think Baltimore really needs Dennis Pitta. Um, and, and I was also going to bring up real quick, uh, if, you, if you get desperate <laughs> – and you know, sometimes you do get desperate in drafts. We just did ones where 12, 12 teams uh, and very cutthroat, and it was crazy. So this could happen. But Jay Samaro of the New York Jets this is a rookie tight end, and they're trying to get him involved. Now, I suppose he's a little you know, hazy on running routes, which they all are. Um, but remember in their um, What's Going to Happen at the Draft Show when I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if the Jets had a tight end worth talking about? And now there is one. So I'm really excited. Anyway, I think that he's like a <laughs> mini sleeper. He's, he, I think he'd be a really good bye week fill-in because the Jets are mini, also mini, very okay. matchup dependent. Yeah, but they're very right. matchup dependent, and if it's a great bye week for him, I, I don't think he's a bad choice. And real quick, just to throw in, you know, Kyle Rudolph from Minnesota Vikings, he's mm-hmm. a serious pick. You know, Jordan Cameron probably wouldn't be Jordan Cameron if no Turner wasn't his coach. And now Work. he's for the Vikings, and he loves using his tight ends. Now he is recovering from a foot injury, but, I mean, he could have a huge year this year, like huge. So keep your eyes on his health, and having him as a handcuff or your first tight end really you know, could be legit, could take you to the 
championships. Great point. And now, on that note, too, actually, Minnesota had John Carlson. Do you guys remember that name? Every once in a while, he would oh also have a stud game. You loved him. I did. She still does. I still do. <laughs> she but now she he's actually with him. Arizona. And remember, they had no tight ends, and they also couldn't defend right. against tight ends. Remember that? They were oddly amazing at everything except for tight ends. They just let tight ends score over and over and over again. But uh, he is now playing for Arizona, and some people think he's going to be a little stud there. He has some injury issues and, you know, what have you, but mm-hmm. there might be some studly moments there, too. So we've got this whole Minnesota Norv Turner Arizona trifecta going on here. Right. I like it. Pay attention, people. Now. Now, let's move on to kickers who are actually rather consistent players yep. on your roster. Yep, yep. It's not, yeah, yeah, you know, going to get what you're going to get most of the time. So when do you draft your kicker and who do you have your eyes on? I'll let you know. I'm going second to last round, people. I'm bumping it up around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just coming I'm st- a little bit more my yep. way. I'm starting the run for kickers, you know. And, of course, who doesn't want Stephen Koskowski? He is the man. The best. As well as Justin Tucker. I love Justin Tucker. <laughs> he's, he's fun to watch, and he is good. So, you know, he is, you know, I think he came out third after Goskowski yeah. and Prater. So, I mean, he's legit. Um, I'd be happy with either one. Just so you know, Goskowski had 179 fantasy points, which is more fantasy points than all the wide receivers except the top 10, which are freaks, and mm-hmm. fell right in front of Frank Gore under the running back fantasy points. So, yep. I mean, kickers do matter, people. Now, I'll let Brandon get into her spiel, but that's where I'm going, second to last round. I don't have a spiel. Nice. I'm just going to repeat what you know, which is that you wait till the last <laughs> round to get your kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because the number one kicker and the number 10 kicker, there's very little difference. There is a difference. On that note, how's David Akers doing, Ashley? You know, one year I stretch for a kicker. <laughs> but you know what? David Akers, I'll make this argument, was one of my most consistent <laughs> fantasy players delivering me double-digit points every single week. Bam. Just saying. Just saying. However, and this is where we're going to be all on the same page here, don't ignore your kicker. Pay attention. I actually saw people starting Garrett Hartley um, after New Orleans already cut him. And they were yeah. losing. And it was like the playoff time. I was like, what are you doing? They just didn't I check make, their kicker. I have to make this statement right now. Do not ever under any circumstances pick up Garrett Hartley. <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> Ever. I don't, he, I, he always gets ranked high and he cannot keep himself on a team for a full year. He can't do it. It's Either he's suspended or he loses his job to somebody else or I, I don't even know what happened, but he will not play the full year. And like Brandon says, you'll keep this kicker in there and just think that he's sucking it. And no, he's not even on the team. <laughs> he's no longer the starting kicker, you know? It's, it's just bad. It's ridiculous. But you know what? Also, like, sometimes people have a stud year. Like, for instance, Nick Folk, out of nowhere, decided from the Jets to have a stud muffin year. You're like, what? What? No one would have suspected that. So you have to kind of pay attention. On that note, um, I love Stephen Hauschka. He was borderline my Matt Forte boyfriend level last year. I love him, love him, love him. He only missed two kicks all year. 
He had a 92.7% kick completion. And Seattle is fabulous at getting down the field, but not as fabulous for scoring, which means more points for me off of field goals. So um, he's a great thing. Also, unless they go up against the Broncos' defense, that's the case, I should be clear. because Did you guys know that the Broncos actually watched the Super Bowl tape last week? They decided to watch it as motivation, kind of like the Spurs did against. And I'm like, is that why I saw so many Broncos out last weekend, probably drinking their woes away, having to watch that tape last night? Well, it was funny. I had NFL Network on today, and I didn't even like. I was, you know, dealing with toddlers and writing an article for for fantasy football, and I wasn't even paying attention to it. And all of a sudden, I had like started having tears in my eyes. I was like, what is going on? And I looked up. And it was the Super Bowl. I was like, that's why. I need to turn this. I'm emotional. I don't even know why. And it's because of you, NFL Network. I'm turning you off. They really watched the Super Bowl tape? Yeah, they did as motivation. Now, do you guys remember last year when Rex Ryan actually buried a tape? Like he dug a hole and buried the tape. (laughs) I do. That was awesome. That was awesome. I'm sorry. I would have burned it and then dug a hole and put the ashes in the hole. And then I would have lined up all the players and had them pee on the spot where I buried the tape. That's what I, yeah. You guys, I don't don't, don't understand that at all. I'm done. So I'm going Rex Ryan on the Super Bowl tape, but whatever. Anyway, that happened. Um, But yeah, so... I adore Stephen Hauschka, even though that game happened. So um, uh, he is, he's a great kicker, and, and I think that their offense is going to continue to make it down the field. Well, hopefully he'll still be around in that last round for you. He will. <laughs> he's not too flashy. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> you know... Brandon well, and I. What about you, Ashquay? We have, you know, you and I have fundamental differences in our opinions of the kicker. We'll put that nicely. But, um. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I'm aware that I am like a complete outlier here, that everybody else, 99% of people, completely agree with Brandon. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But. I'm glad. Here's the thing is that. Your kicker is sure points. And someone, you know, sometimes they are literally the highest scoring person on your roster. You think I'm kidding. For people that are first-time fantasy players, there are going to be weeks where your kicker scores the most or, like, second-most points behind your quarterback on your team. I kid you not. Um, You know, and so in my opinion, if you can grab, say, Goskowski in the 14th round, and let's say you've got... Out of 16, 18 rounds, and you're in deep league, I don't see a problem with that. Because as Courtney said, there was only 10 wide receivers that had, was it more points than Goskowski? Yeah. And I, and I think when I calculated it, Goskowski, Prater, and Tucker, I believe, mm-hmm. they all had more points than every single RB2 that will be on your team for the year. Wow. So. I don't see a problem with trying to get the top kicker because there is a 30-point drop-off between the first kicker and the 10th place kicker. It, it is a 30 points. Now, 30 points spread over, you know, so many games isn't that much. But why sit there and pick up some, you know, don't, in my opinion, don't feel bad about picking up a kicker to make sure you get one of the top three kickers. 
instead of picking up your sixth running back that's a no-name running back that is absolutely a no-over at any point in time going to actually be in your starting lineup. Just my opinion. Because it's true. We all have people on our team that literally have yet to, will never be in your starting lineup. All they are is trade bait to see who else is kind of hot that week. Then you drop that guy and you pick somebody else up. But that's really what they are. The last, like, five picks are trade bait and literally just waiver wire drops. Or D'Angelo Williams. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Or D'Angelo Williams. (laughs) Or Jonathan Stewart. Any Carolina running back is also trade bait. Right, right. But you know what I mean? No one would trade with you for D'Angelo Williams. No one would trade for you. They'd be like, is this a joke? But if you could get Goskowski, literally who scores just as much points as your second wide receiver, I don't have a problem with you reaching higher than the last round. No, don't reach for them super early. But if you want to reach in the 14th round, I don't think you should feel even remotely bad about it. I think Oskowski may have almost entered the Jimmy Graham of kickerdom. (laughs) Yeah. Prater was close. Prater Prater was close. Prater's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, when your team scores. He's only nine points behind Goskowski. But Goskowski does it every year. Every year. Hasn't he been the number one kicker for like five years straight? Yeah. Yeah. Also, people, because again, kickers do matter. You don't want to be going for these super, super hot teams. And Prater kind of is a little bit negates this argument, but you want a team that's just good enough that they're going to get into the red zone, but not good enough to score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're looking for. That's your sweet spot, you know, that kind of B plus team or A minus team, you know? They can get down there. Even better, yeah, the B-plus teams are the best because that means they're going to have a lot of 40-plus kicks coming their way, hoping to put points on the board. And the longer they kick, there are more points for you. And unless the kicker gets an infection from the locker room, it's very hard for them <laughs> to be injured and miss the game. So. Uh, is it too soon for me to laugh about that? <laughs> no. Sad. Not at all. It, it is sad. You know? I can remember last year drafting Julio Jones and thinking, man, I've got Julio and Calvin Johnson. There's just no way I can't win this championship. And then Julio goes down. But I'll tell you, my Mm -hmm. kicker did not go down and has never gone down. Kickers are good people, people. I'm into them. Now, talking about sleepers, since Ashley brought up B-plus teams, which is still really good in the NFL for you. Uh, there were some defenses off the waiver wire that saved some people's fantasy teams last year, such as Kansas City, and some that that you drafted that really let you down, Denver. Uh. Brandon, what is the best way to pick a defense, and when are you going to draft one? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, each year they kind of change. Remember Chicago was smoking hot in 2012, and then 2013 oh, yeah. was fighting with Dallas and Denver for being the worst. Right. Um, I mean, really, duking it out. Um, duking it out. But, uh, you know, I remember I, I drafted them last year. And then the Panthers all of a sudden had a great game, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to pick them up. Um, MVP of the year. Speaking of people that um, would have double-digit points every week, Carolina Panthers defense was Unreal. I, I mean, MVP, crazy, crazy town. So um, I, I pick them second to last. I just do um, because I never know. As I said, I thought I got a good one with Chicago. 
and then obviously Seattle is its own class. Um, I've seen Seattle go as high as like round 10. But I don't think you need to go too much higher in round 10 of like 22 rounds. So I don't know if you need, like middle of the draft, I could see if you're like, you know what, I'm not real excited about the guys here. So I'm just going to go for the Seattle defense. That I think, because these are skill positions. It's not like a kicker where they're so dependent on the team getting down the field for them to be able to do their job. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a little different where I really just put it to the last one. But this defense, like, listen, you know that they have great cornerbacks. They're going to get interceptions, right? right? This year I'm a little more confident in Chicago because um, they have Jared Allen, who's a sack monster. You know, so you want to pay attention to, like, who are the skill positions that really are going to get things done. Um, San Francisco is pretty slam dunk as well. I sort of like the Browns. Um, It's so hard to say you like the Browns, period, (laughs) because, and I think that, you know, I mean, everyone's all about them this year and all excited and whatever, but... um, but they just still make me a little bit nervous. And, but Mike Patine, who's their new head coach, was great for the Bills last year. He was their defensive coordinator, and the Bills were awesome last year. So, um, And Joe Hayden's one of the best defensive backs in the game. Uh, not the best, because we know who the best corner in the game is. Obviously. <laughs> um, too soon. I, I will say, so um, I hit a landmark. I, I received my first dick pic on Twitter. <laughs> Woo! And I tweeted right this out. Right before your birthday. The day before my birthday. It was, not, it was not Sherman, just so everybody knows. Well, this is saying. But the guy was like, did you get a picture of Richard Sherman? And I was like, you guys. Oh, Richard. <laughs> and I was like, you guys. Poor man. Anyway, um, I just couldn't help not saying that. But, you know, also, um, they, they did draft the Browns a compliment corner to go on the other side from Hayden. Before Menzel, by the way. <clears throat> if you were wondering who that was that actually got drafted before Menzel by the Cleveland Browns. Um, Justin Gilbert from Oklahoma State. So hopefully there's some serious interceptions going on there because that is points. That was my really long, I don't know about Cleveland, but I'm going to give you a lot of information about them. (laughs) (laughs) You won't quite admit to like yet. All right. I haven't admitted to liking it, and I love Carolina Panthers. Not even a team I cover anymore, but they saved me in my championship game. So I love them. Them Matt Forte. So I I love them. What about you, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Defenses start to go in the later rounds. Like, we're talking 12 to 16 is what I think that sweet spot is. Again, depending on how many rounds you actually have in your league, how deep your roster is going to go. Um, the most important thing is to make sure the two defenses that you pick have different bye weeks if you pick two defenses. I'm a person that actually likes to pick two defenses. Um, some people only pick up one defense. Um, I, you know, I will honestly alternate between the two depending on the matchups. Um, and then sometimes if there's like a crazy good matchup with another team, again, I'll dump off one of my completely useless wide receivers or running backs that will never see the day of light, you know, on my actual roster and pick up that defense for that one week. But I kind of alternate back and forth to see who's got the better matchup. And some people, again, just always have one defense and literally work the waiver wire for their defenses. Again, know what your rules on your waiver wire is, if that is the case, if you're going to go that route. Um 
So think about that. But as for teams I cover, you know, naturally I would pick up the Chiefs. And granted, they did lose some players, but I think they're still going to be good defense. And St. Louis Rams. The Rams, the Rams built one of the nastiest lines in the league Quinn. last year, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, don't be fooled by the team's overall record, because that wasn't great. But the defense was legit. That was a defense that, you know, you shouldn't really mess with. So, honestly, I really like the Rams a lot this year. I really do. Super Bowl champs. Well, I'm not going that far, but... <laughs> Well, you know, when they're Handsy. talking about Michael Sam making the team, it's like, it's just, they have so many great players. It's just hard. I was shocked by the whole t- Tony Dungy drama. It's really, it was disappointing. Right? I love Tony Dungy. And then I was like, why? Why did that happen? You well, I, listen, everyone can have their own opinions. You just can't, in this country, use discriminatory, discriminatory hiring practices. But he's not a coach, so it doesn't matter. You can have an opinion. Yeah. Everyone I thought he just opinion. said he wouldn't have hired him because of the drama that he brings to the team. Right, but the drama is because he's gay. Well, it's really right in the line. Fault. It's not. It's not Michael Sam's fault. No. Yeah. Right. Right. And now I will yeah. say, if I was a coach, I would not have picked up Manzel or Tim Tebow because of the drama it brings to the team in the city. But that's not because of any you know stance on a certain belief it's because the fans are so freaking crazy it causes like complete madness Madness. and i just don't think they're talented enough to make my team if i was a said coach but maybe menzel maybe if he proves it but well i remember when he first came out everyone was like well you know he's not a first round talent he's more like a third round talent and then all of a sudden as the weeks went on well he may not even get drafted and i was like hold on so he went from a third round top. Now he didn't do well at the combine, but he had a great pro day. And that happens to a, a lot of people. Day. So it didn't really make sense. So I was like, so somehow he went from third round to, well, he might not even get drafted. And then to say, well, I, I you know, I, I, the, what's disappointing about it is just that, um, I guess, I guess this is maybe back to what I was saying about, oh, wait, like, did it have to be in the press? Did we have to? to say it probably not probably yeah. not you know it's like eh, what who who benefited from that but you know what michael sam handled himself extremely well with it and tony dungy did try to like kind of backtrack it being like that wasn't exactly what i meant and you know maybe i should reach out to michael and let him know you know that i'm glad that they did pick him up and you know welcome the nfl and and jeff fisher handled it extremely well being like yeah. just what i love to see was like define distraction one extra camera a couple extra cameras is that a distraction worth me not drafting somebody because i don't think it is you know and he's like he came prepared he's come you know ready to work out to otas we don't expect anything different at camp you know and he's gonna try to make the team like anybody else so my thing is, this is a distraction, but throwing women on a pile of guns and threatening to kill them is not. You know, not a multiple DUIs, not a distraction. Um, you know, yelling bomb in an airport, not a distraction. Not a distraction. Not a distraction. And that's after D- DUI things. I mean, it's like, here's my thing. You. you <laughs> 
it's un it's unfortunate that that's where the line is drawn, right? And like kind of you know what people were debating about is like he supported Michael Vick coming back into the league and mentored him, and that was a okay, which I would probably call a distraction if we're gonna say distraction. Also, distraction is just kind of code word for this is how I'm gonna get out of not being associated with this guy. Like, you know, like, right. people didn't want to, like, play with Tim Tebow, but it's a distraction, you know? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, it's a weird word. Like, what does that mean? Like, Jeff Fisher says, can you define distraction? I don't know. But they're, they're dealing it really, really well. I, yeah. I wish Michael Sam the best. I hope he makes the team if he deserves to make the team. And if he doesn't, then I hope he doesn't because it was based on merit and, and absolutely nothing else being factored in. And I actually feel really confident with the, with the Rams right now that that would be the case. Cause I yeah. feel like they've really handled this in a class act fashion and that, you know, they really are treating him as just another player out there to do the same things. Everybody else trying to make a team. It's going to come down to preseason games. I mean, you know, he's showing he can do in the OTAs. He's got to have a camp. A good camp, and then you know we'll see who does in preseason. See if you can make it. You know what a distraction is on the field? Calvin Johnson. He's is he ever? Oh my I goodness. like that distraction a lot on my he's TV. Dis- he's a distraction in my bed when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> I wish he was. I yeah. wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a welcome distraction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sadly, uh, not the case. So funny, no. Damn it, no. You know, I actually cover cover quite a few good defensive teams. You know, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Hello, legit, legit, legit. Not bad. I co- I cover Carolina Panthers. Hello, I want you. Arizona Cardinals. I wouldn't be too mad so if I good. got them. So good. Yeah. So good, and even the Patriots. They've got a good defense. You know, they're up in the top ten. Well, they I'm did a bunch of work. That. Yeah. I mean, I also cover, like, the Oakland Raiders, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings. You oh, know, we those, won't mention those people them. you don't draft. Although, if the matchup's really good, which is what de- defense is all about during your season, you know, you never know. You never know. So, I, I, I would draft a defense kind of high but not too high no as you said brandon i think you said the 10th round yeah no higher than that for seattle last year i would have given my kids up for seattle but this year i'm okay waiting for a defense there's a lot of goodies a lot a of lot goodies well in seattle mm-hmm. did the broncos dirty so this show is just not going to be able to support that Touche. Super Bowl champ. We won't reach for them. You can. (laughs) You can't. If you play in our leagues, you're you're welcome. Yeah, our family league, nobody's going to draft this Seattle's defense. (laughs) It's just going to sit there. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, somebody will draft it. We're not. Chris Chris probably would just to be an asshole. He's a Patriots fan. Couldn't care less. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, we got to have one heartless person in our league. Yeah, that'll be him. Uh, Pretty much anyone else is on the docket, but that one, it's like, well. You're like, ooh. (laughs) Hard to cheer for. Did we yeah. both just simultaneously do a Steve Williams at the same time? <laughs> yeah. did. Our father always goes. <laughs> always. It's too bad it's we're not doing move. video because we're making really attractive faces. Really right good now. faces. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, this is a perfect way to end the show about people nobody cares about. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> this Happy was, to this oblige. This was a fun show. This, this might have been our longest show. Actually, my favorite. The other guys got the most time. That's right. That's wow. right. Only here at Her Fantasy Football, people. Make sure to hop over to our website and subscribe and listen to our lovely podcasts on iTunes and give us a nice ranking. You can also check out articles, blogs, Dish of the Week. Thank you, Ashley. Um, on our website as well. And follow us on Twitter at Her Fantasy FB. Until next time, no more faking it. 